from the righteousness of hearts. One subject that is of particular controversy these days in our country is the subject of uh, kneeling the, during the national anthem. Respect for the flag of the United States. It's something that has almost divided the country on political lines because of an act of symbolism that some perceive as being a disrespect against the country and its symbols, and others perceive as being a just justified expression of uh, objection against injustices done against them. And when it comes to the subject of flags and the subject of symbolism, Islam has given us insight on it. Islam has spoken on the subject. Now explaining the subject, Hazrat Muslim said that symbolic language is something that is found in every people. There's one which is the simple words that we speak, we all speak those words. But then there is a body language with which we communicate as well. And that body language that we speak with one another with communicates sometimes more than words do. So this is a reality of the communication that we all do with one another and we give it importance. And this can go to extremes at times. You know, a modern example of this is how a person can give someone in our society the middle finger. And it's seen as an extremely offensive thing that creates fights at times. And also, there's different parts of our body that are associated with respect. But when people, when children, when teenagers are playing with each other, they're okay hitting each other as hard as they want to. But as soon as somebody hits someone in the face or slaps someone in the face, then it's seen as a huge sign of disrespect. There's a symbolism that exists in the face. This is perhaps also why, some time ago I heard, perhaps it was a Muhabra in Urdu, about how one should have respect for their father. And it went something to say that one, we, we can play with our father. You know, children, they play with their father. But it's not appropriate to play with your father's beard. Because the beard is something that is a part of respect, it is a part of the face. Children wrestle with their father, but that doesn't mean they can grab their father's beard and pull on it and play with it. Because there's one aspect which is a playful relationship and another aspect that goes into disrespect. So these all come under aspects of symbolism, aspects of body language that we give great importance to in our communication and our language. So symbolism has that importance just in basic human interaction. Now when it comes to other aspects, there's a point that Hazrat Muslim Allah want to explain on buildings, a masjid which is built, uh, the bricks that make it up are made by people who might be sinful people, ordinary people, people who we have no respect for. An ordinary brick is something that none of us give any respect. But when it comes into the foundation and structure of a masjid, sometimes it takes on great sanctity. So modern examples of this also are how people have debates as to whether once a masjid has been built, is it okay to tear it down if, there, if it is no longer needed? Does it go against the sanctity of a masjid that once it has been built, then we demolish it to make room for something else? Now, the fact that this debate exists shows that, that those bricks and that structure takes on a sanctity in people's minds. It takes on a symbolism. Symbolism is something that is important to all of us as human beings. Now we can take the example further. We have a building that is the Kaaba. The Kaaba has been built, it has been rebuilt, it has been renovated. The bricks that are in it right now are probably not the same bricks that were in there a thousand years ago at the time of the Holy Prophet In fact, even in his own life, it was being reconstructed. And those bricks were collected from everywhere. People were tripping over them, people were finding them anywhere. But then, once they were placed into the Kaaba, they took on a sanctity. And after that, if a person was to attack the Kaaba, if a person was to damage that same brick, it would be taken as a great disrespect. 
because now that physical object has taken on a certain sanctity. So all of us, we know, would defend the Kaaba if there was an attack on the physical structure, even though it would make no difference to the direction that we pray in, or the, person, the, the, the unity of God from whom we pray. When Abraha sought to attack the Meccans, and he didn't really seek to attack the Meccans, he sought to attack the religion of the Arabs, the culture of the Arabs, the, the unity of the Arabs. What, his, what, what he sought to attack when he did it, what he sought as, as the most vulnerable thing and the most important thing, was the symbolism associated with the physical object. He didn't come to destroy the Quraysh. He had no animosity against them. He had no intention of murdering or killing or wiping them out or anything. All he wanted to do was to destroy a building. Take the bricks of a building and destroy them and bring them down to the ground. But we all know that this is something that not only was offensive to the Arab people, but also it is something that Allah Almighty defended. It would have made no difference to Allah Almighty if the Kaaba had been destroyed. On the apparent sense, the Kaaba had been destroyed long before. It had been destroyed, destroyed by natural consequences. It had originally been built by Hazrat Adam salam, then it had gone into uh, decay until it no longer existed and no one could recognize it. It was only through revelation that Hazrat Ibrahim salam, rebuilt it on its foundations. So the Kaaba had fallen before, but it did not take any significance before because when a person sought to destroy it with this intention, with the intention of disrespecting it, there even Allah Almighty came to its defense and brought about a great miracle of the destruction of his army, which is up until today recorded in the Surah Al-Fil, which we recite every single day. So this shows that the sanctity of symbolism, the importance of symbolism is something that Islam has recognized, that Allah Almighty recognizes as being important for us as human beings. A building is not important to Allah Almighty, but Allah Ta'ala knows that for us as human beings, the way we have been created, symbolism is important. Physical objects take on a significance. And if the sanctity is not maintained, then that principle begins to fall as well. So Allah Ta'ala defended the Kaaba because if that symbol fell, then that purpose for which Allah Ta'ala had built it would start to fall in the eyes of people as well. And that is something that would go against the will of Allah Almighty. Now, in religion, we see other clear and obvious examples. The sanctity that we give to the physical copy of the Holy Quran. It is simply a physical book that any one of us can print. We can go home and print a copy right now and bind it just on our printer. It is just on normal paper. Again, the same example of the building of a masjid. That paper is something we give no importance to otherwise. That ink we give no importance to otherwise. But once the Quran is written as a book, we give it importance because <coughs> of the respect that comes with the symbolism that is now associated that this is our holy book. This is the message of Allah Almighty that is in it. It doesn't take anything away from the message of Allah Almighty if a Christian burns it out of hatred or if somebody else uses it to, to, and disgraces it. But for us as Muslims it is important because when we fail to respect that symbolism, then it starts to lose respect within our hearts. A person can say that he respects his father all that he wants to, but if he slaps his father in the face, he does not respect his, that respect will start to die in his own heart. If he insults his father and makes fun of him, that respect will start to die within his own heart. We can joke with our parents, we all joke with our parents, but we maintain a respect, we laugh with them, we never laugh at them. But you'll see among people who don't respect their parents, they'll openly laugh at their parents in front of their face. Their relationship becomes so casual and informal, you can't even tell the difference between their parents and some ordinary informal friend of their own. And naturally respect starts to decline in that person's heart. So when a symbol is no longer respected, then the respect starts to go down in a person's heart as well. Now, as we explained 
that this principle is found in politics as well and in relation to, to flags. Huzur gave an example that during one of the wars that happened before the France and Germany, there was a victory that the German army had over the French and as a result of it, a peace treaty was made. And one of the conditions of the peace treaty was that the army on the front lines would turn over their flag to the Germans. Now the peace treaty was ratified and it was concluded and the terms were agreed upon and then when it came time to actually implement it, the order came down to that army and those soldiers on the front line that the flag that you have been defending up until now is time to turn it over to the Germans because this is a part of the peace agreement. Now when this order came down, the French soldiers were unable to do it. The officers told them to do it, but they also said we are required to order you to do it, but we also have reservations. How can we turn our flag over to the enemy? With it, it carries our honor with us. We can't do it. And it's narrated that when this discussion was happening, one of the colonels among the French took his own flag down, and he threw it into fire, and then he began to weep. And what he sought to communicate in this is that he threw his flag into the fire, because he would rather destroy it than to give it over to the enemy army. But also he began to weep to show that he had to destroy his own flag in order to do that. For an army, for, for a soldier and for an officer to cry in front of other soldiers is a big deal, it's not a small thing. But the symbolism <coughs> of the flag carried so much weight that to have to turn it over to the enemy was impossible. And to burn it with one's own hand was something that could cause a soldier to break down weeping. So the importance of a flag and the symbolism that it carries for every country is something that exists in all of our histories. Soldiers and armies have sacrificed themselves in order to defend their flag because the flag stands as a symbol of the life and the honor of the country. That's one of the reasons why during warfare it's considered a sign of victory if one army can steal the flag of the other army and bring it back to their own camp. That breaks the morale of the other army. That's why concerted efforts are made to attack the flag of the other army. And the most elite troops are designated towards defending the flag of one's own army. Because that flag during battle during a war is a symbol of the honor of the country and is something that soldiers can look to that when they see it flying high then they know that their country and their nation and their army still stand. This is also one of the reasons why we find again Islam has recognized this value. Whenever symbolism has spiritual and social value Islam recognizes it and uses it to the perfect form. Whenever the armies went forward under the Prophet where he sent forth an army a flag would be made for them. And they weren't the flags like they are today, they weren't complex designs or anything like that. They were a simple flag, the black flag, the black sheep was tied onto a, a rod or a stick and then that was taken forth as the flag. It was given so much importance by the Holy Prophet that the last army that he sent forth under the command of Hazrat Usama bin Zayd, he himself gave them the flag for that army. And that flag was something that they carried forward after the demise of the Prophet a flag that he, as a memory for them, had downed for them and sent them forward into battle. Now it is narrated, as when, when, um, narration, it is narrated that in the Battle of Mota, the general was holding the flag, and the enemy army attacked particularly the area of the flag, and the general's arm was cut by which he was holding the flag, and so he grasped it with the other arm. He had already lost one arm defending a flag. On the surface, a person could say, why is he doing this? It's just fabric and just a rock. But he lost one arm and he grasped it by the other. And when he lost the other arm, he grasped it between his stumps and between his legs. 
And since a person is not able to hold on to a flag for too long in that way, then he called out to the Muslims and said, Someone take hold of the flag. Because the flag of Islam may fall, and do not let the flag of Islam fall after me. Here, so much respect was given to the flag that he sacrificed his life for it. And in fact, thousands of lives have been sacrificed for the sake of the flag. They are not wastes of lives. It is narrated that the Holy Prophet at the time of battles would say that who will fulfill the rights of this flag? He would not just give the flag to anyone. He would give it to one who was able to fulfill its right. This symbolism also extended to the sword at times. In one battle, the Holy Prophet said that who will fulfill the responsibility of wielding my sword? And so that sword was given to that individual as a symbol of the sword and of the strength of the Holy Prophet All of these are cases where physical objects were given this much honor and this much significance. It is because it is part of our human nature to recognize and to respect and to honor those symbols. So this is one point that we must understand before going into this conversation and debate on what is the sanctity of a flag. This is also why within a hadith, with the flags that we have, they are given a great deal of protocol. We don't assign that protocol out of blindly following some protocols of some country or the other. No, there are protocols that whenever the flag is flying, then a certain number of people have to be standing guard for it. There is a certain protocol of respect that is to be shown to it. This is not shirk, because shirk is not allowed in any way in Islam. But it is there so that this respect is not shown to a symbol. In the same way that in our homes, we follow a certain protocol with a physical copy of the Holy Quran, we place it on a top shelf. We don't place it underneath another book, we don't place it on the floor. This is not shirk, but it is a protocol nonetheless. Because it is important for our hearts that we maintain that symbolism. So also there is a symbolism of the flag that exists within Ahadiyyah. And the Divaya Ahadiyyah is something that is to be respected and is to be defended as well. When the flag of Ahadiyyah flies, then when we look at it, we are to remember that this is a symbol of Ahadiyyah, and we must be ready to give our lives for the sake of defending that symbol. So now when we come back to the ways in which people do protest, this is a critical kind of debate. This is not something that is directly, although it is indirectly, but it is, uh, it is not directly related with religion. But the issue of the flag, the respect for the flag of the United States, is it permissible, is it okay to kneel when the national anthem is happening and the flag is waving and everyone is standing as a symbol of the respect for the symbol of the country? When it comes to this form of protest, then the guidance that Hazur has given is that in these kind of cases, respect must be shown to the flag. Um, uh, Hazur uh, explained and Hazur gave guidance that a flag is a symbol for the country. And so if disrespect is shown in that moment, then it goes against the respect that we should be showing to our country. Although we all have freedom of speech in whatever regard that we want to show it, but in this regard, it goes against the respect that we should maintain within our country. Let me just pull the reference. Yes, the guidance is that it is wrong to take the lead during the national anthem. Any act against a nation is not in accordance with Islam's teaching. Respecting a country's flag and anthem is a necessary part of loyalty to one's nation and citizenship. There are other ways to peacefully seek one's rights. For example, through working with the government or highlighting the issues in media, if in doubt, if something is appropriate, then guidance can be sought from Marcus on a case-by-case -case basis. Now, this guidance that Hazur has given us, when we look at it within the context of these aspects of the teachings of Islam, it becomes very easy and simple to understand. We may disagree 
with someone who we respect as much as we want to. We all have probably had disagreements with our own parents. But that disagreement never takes away from our respect for our parents. When we disagree with our parents and we share our opinion, we never cross a line. Because when disrespect enters into that exchange, then the quality of the conversation goes away. And we've lost something that is far more important. So also when it comes to our country, we should disagree where we want to, where we feel that it is just. But in that disagreement, the basic principles of respect should be maintained. That thing that stands as a symbol of our country and our pride, as opposed to anyone who seeks to attack our nation, that should not be disrespected along with that disagreement that we have with our country. Because if we lose the respect that we have for our symbols, and we lose the respect that we have for the institutions in our country. And so it cuts at the root of our ability to have a meaningful disagreement. As long as we respect each other, as long as we respect our country, we're able to disagree in a healthy way. But when that respect starts to go away, then that disagreement can very easily become disrespectful as well. But these respects for institution were so strong in early Islam that when the Romans sought to attack the Muslims because of the civil war that was happening between Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Muawiyah, Hazrat Muawiyah, as we all know, sent a message to the Romans saying that if you seek to attack us, then know that I am the first general of Ali who will defend him against you. Now here he had respect for symbols. He had respect for principles. He saw that although I may be disagreeing with Hazrat Ali on so many of these different issues, but when there's an external force that stands against the flag of Islam, although these are two separate countries, but the flag of Islam is something that is being opposed, then we come together. And then there is no opposition that can uh, ever come against us. So that unity is something that exists and that unity should never be undermined. We cannot allow our differences to become a means of undermining that symbol of unity that exists within us. So the appropriate means of disagreement are things that are permissible, but if those things that lead towards a harmful form of disagreement are something, is something that is forbidden. This is why Allah Almighty has said in the Holy Quran that respect the Sha'ayullah, the signs of Allah Almighty. The physical signs in their physical nature carry no intrinsic blessings or intrinsic importance. But Allah has still told us in the Holy Quran that it is important to respect those symbolisms. So from this controversy that's happening within our country, we can also learn a far more important principle, which is that principle that Islam has taught us on respect for those physical signs of Allah Almighty, the relationship that they have with our hearts, and the way in which we can increase our love for Allah Almighty by increasing and maintaining the respect that we have for the signs of the love of Allah Almighty that exists in this physical world. So now if there's any questions anyone has on their minds.